Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here, and we're so grateful that you've joined us today. We have our um, five practices that we try to live by uh, throughout the week and on Sunday morning, and you can find all five practices in your bulletin in the order of the announcements. I think we're going to try to say less and less in this moment preceding worship because we're getting more and more accurate information in your bulletin. We want you to um, read it. We want you to take it home with you. We want you to have it as a reference point. Uh, as we build all sorts of news and notes uh, coming for the fall and the completion of the summer. Um, the first I'll say is radical hospitality. Um, I was able to say it in worship and show it to them in worship because we were in the gym at 9 o'clock. But we have brand new basketball goals at 9 o'clock uh, in the gym. Um, you'll see... Um, our old rims had a couple of hooks missing, so every once in a while we'd have to duct tape a net to a hook, and you make one good jump shot, and that net, uh, that part of the net's falling down. We have uh, brand new rims, we have brand new backboards, and this is the biggest deal. We have brand new mechanics on that goal. I don't know if you've ever been a coach before and had the hook and done this to go from eight feet to ten feet, or from ten feet back down to eight feet. At Buncombe Street, we had a drill where we did it that felt so violent that it felt like it was going to fall down on us. There is a light switch on the wall, and it says eight feet and ten feet. You just flip it. I can't, I can't tell you how emotional I am about that and how much fun it is. It's so cool, and I want to thank our trustees. That's pretty much the last phase of the um, 2017 project for the McClyman Trust Fund, and um, my goodness, what a big deal. Um, the combined service is next week. We will have one service. It will be at 10 o'clock, and it will be here in the sanctuary next Sunday. And while we're here, they're going to be preparing the outside and the Family Life Center for a cookout. Um, we're going to have uh, grilled chicken, uh, the Hovises and the Mays are going to have a, one of those enormous grills on the back of a truck um, cooking grilled chicken. So if you'll bring... That's me cooking grilled chicken. I don't know what that is. I guess that's opening the grate. Um, but if you'll bring a side or you'll bring a dessert, um, we hope that you'll um, come to our 10 o'clock service and then stay around for the dinner. We believe in passionate worship. And I have a handout for you. Um, the staff has worked on this. I want you, these will be in the pews next week and all the weeks to come. But I want you to see it today if you'll just pass it back. This is a totally new um, prayer card form um, because we want you to participate in the prayer life of our congregation. You'll have the opportunity to write a concern in it and put it in the offering plate if you choose. But it also has the exact way that you can call 24 hours a day and leave a message and we will get it immediately. Um, if you just distinguish whether it's a prayer concern for our Tuesday prayer group or an immediate emergency that you would like pastoral care in this moment. Uh, generally, I'll be the one to receive it because uh, if you picture being on call and I'm generally the one on call. Um, but if I happen to be vacationing, uh, one of our pastors um, will receive that message quickly. Um, if you missed last week and didn't put in the attendance register, looking way ahead to Ash Wednesday, next year is the beginning of the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday is on Valentine's Day, which I don't recall happening, um, but surely it has. So we're trying to determine whether to move our normal Wednesday dinner to Valentine's Day and then follow that with an Ash Wednesday service. And we're trying to gauge whether you would be willing to do that and celebrate Valentine's Day on another day uh, with your loved one. Uh, so if you would write, um, yes, Ash Wednesday, any indication on the attendance register, that will help us uh, gather more and more information. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development. Everything we can do possibly between worship services uh, to help you build your faith. And my goodness, look at the bulletin because it's all there. Um, everything that we're building for um, children and youth is uh, coming for the fall and I want you to know about it. Uh, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. Whatever we can do to serve our community, um, the local community all the way to um, far away. And I'm going to call Aaron up as I tell you one thing. And uh, side note, today is Aaron's birthday. So if you see, uh, walk up to Aaron if you'll tell her happy birthday. Um, Parents' Night Out is tonight with the youth. You've heard a lot about that, read a lot about it. Um, it's happening tonight. If you'll consider our youth um, serving for the next 24 hours um, here and in Greenville. Uh, and Honey Dudes uh, start, kickoff, is on Monday night. Uh, you'll learn uh, the men of our church are invited to participate in helping people around their homes uh, with simple tasks. 
Well, hi, I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I just want to tell you what to expect for our Wonderful Wednesdays program this week. Wonderful Wednesdays is for kids ages three and potty trained through fifth grade, quite a span, but I find they um, work and learn together really well. Um, they are going to study passionate worship, oh, excuse me, risk-taking mission and service this week. Last week we studied passionate worship. They were in this space and they um, really, uh, I don't want to say took over the spaces, but they came into every area and talked about what it would be like to be in the choir and they sang a song. They kneeled on the prayer uh, rail and, and made uh, a point to notice all the symbols. They really experienced um, worship in all its ways and had a baptism for some of their stuffed animals, a mock baptism to start to start, excuse me, start to talk about what that really means and one of the kids in the program um, is going to be baptized next month so that was extra special um, but this week is risk-taking mission and service we will meet in the straight room upstairs of the Family Life Center from 9 to 11 um, but in the middle of that time we'll be walking downtown with a wagon full of donations should we have any um, to the Greer Relief Pantry um, we'll have a tour of Greer Relief we'll talk about what they do there uh, and then actually get to serve them before walking back here to reflect on it further and do a few activities. Um, a mixture of fun and really significant message, so I hope your children will join me this week. Thanks. If you'll stand as you're able and join us with our first hymn, number 528.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. The first scripture lesson this morning is Psalm 139, and it's page 974 in your pew Bible. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. If I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he seems we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. volunteers breaks and we've heard some of the coolest stuff all summer um, from various people all over the place thank you Bailey and Stella Ross for um, singing and playing with us we're grateful for that let's pray together gracious God we heard uh, from a somewhat confused somewhat upset but still trying to live your will psalmist We heard trust and obey in your loving mercy. And we live in between those two. As we read our text today of people who are actually trying to do the right thing, trying to be proactive, attempting to live in your will, but struggling to know what to do. Help us, Lord, to place ourselves in that story. To witness every angle to understand and to impact the way that we live our lives as we lead this place. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and you can see how to give online on the back of your bulletin. And you may give as the plate goes by as well.
before I read this scripture this morning, I want to talk a little bit about a shift in writing of what we see from Hollywood and television and movies, or at least what I've seen. This is, of course, um, tailored to my interests. Um, you may have seen these, you may not have seen these. I don't know if you remember Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard. This was, Dukes of Hazard was it for me. We're talking about Waylon Jennings saying, just the good old boys, never mean and no harm. It's like you never saw, always in trouble with the law since the day they were born. I don't know if you know that and can sing it like Waylon sings it. I don't want to do that in worship with a microphone. But in those days, when I was desperate to get home, whatever we were doing, I didn't care. I just wanted to get home and see the Dukes of Hazard. And in that show, as I can recall, there was the family who was just trying to do the right thing. And there was Boss Hogg and Roscoe P. Coltrane trying to take their farm from them. That's all there was, night and dark, day and, day and night, uh, um, uh, good and bad, whatever it may be. When I was a teenager and a college student, I watched a few good men. And I watched, this is the story of a um, Marine who unfortunately lost his life that was uh, contested whether the general was responsible for that at the Guantanamo Bay base for uh, extensive, um, what you might call, hazing. And the JAG officer for the Navy and the Marine colonel of the base were going back and forth in court as to who was right. It was a little more complex. There was no right one and wrong one. They were both trying to do what they saw to be exactly the thing to do in their realm, and they had completely different interests and completely different opinions as to who was to blame for the loss of that Marine's life. And then last year was a totally different level. We went to New York for spring break in the 2015-16 year. And if you go to Times Square, of course, all you see is advertisements. And one of those advertisements was an enormous movie poster of Batman versus Superman. And I don't go to the movies a bunch, and you know you have to go to the movies a bunch to see previews of what's coming in future movies. But I thought, Batman versus Superman? What are we doing? Are we out of ideas? But apparently in the movie, Batman thinks Superman can maybe get too powerful and get evil, and they tangle with one another. Now there's two, what you would think, seemingly good people fighting with one another. And so sometimes we approach the Bible thinking, well, there's a good one and there's a bad one, and let's blame the bad one, and of course identify with the good one, and then we can move on with our day and go on with the rest of our week. But the Bible tends to be away from my first example and far closer towards my third example. It's far more complex. So Matthew 13, verse 24, you can find it on page 1518 in your pew Bible or within a couple of pages. And I'll read parts of it, so please keep it open if you like to read. Verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is clearly something that's going on with my microphone. So I'm going to... Warm in here this morning, right? In being warm in the sanctuary, I've cut my sermon down from 55 minutes to 51 minutes. Okay? Just out of consideration for you. Are y'all hearing me? Is it coming through there? Yes. Okay. So an outside force has placed weeds in the field. And of course, I don't do a lot of farming. I don't do a lot of planting. I don't do a lot of gardening. But I'm guessing in my limited experience, it's a little goofy to think that there won't be something out there that's trying to impede what we're trying to plant and grow and um, uh, whatever, gain and sell. Um, but this is an outside force. And many times in the Bible stories, it's an inside force. It's someone who's in your own family, someone who is the leader of God's people, someone who's the leader of a tribe within the nation. For example, God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said, I want you to tend to it, I want you to love one another, I want you to take care of it, I want you to thrive. 
they made the choice to turn away. Later on, Joseph told his brothers, his older brothers, his many older brothers who wondered if he mattered or not, I might be very special. In fact, I might be far more than special. I might be the most special. And his brothers said, no, nah, I don't think so. And they sold him into slavery. Your own family, your own loved ones, the own people of your tribe, but this time it's someone from the outside and no one knows who it is. And he's got two important qualities. He's quick and he's patient. This is a person who wanted to harm them but was willing to wait a really long time for that to work out. You know, I remember in high school sometimes someone would egg someone's house, sometimes they would roll someone's house, sometimes they would harm someone's car. Whatever it may be, if you were upset with a person, there was some sort of instant justice. I don't know if justice is the word. But instant something that you were going to do to that person. If you're sowing these weeds in this field, you're willing to wait an awfully long time for it to work out on your end. And so these servants see these weeds, know that someone else did it, and think, here's a patient person, here's a um, vicious person. We've got to remove them right now. Verse 27. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in the field? Where then did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. So while they want action, they want to do something now, they want to be proactive, they want to serve, they want to do the right thing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or experiencing someone wanting to do that for you. Someone in your office who wants to file all the stuff but doesn't necessarily know where the files go. A husband who wants to pack up the car but doesn't necessarily know that the, th the stuff isn't done and we can't throw it in there yet. A child who wants to clean up whatever it is and they put it in the pantry rather than in the refrigerator. Someone who you love. Someone who's trying to do the right thing. But someone who might be impeding the thing that you're actually trying to do. That might be the hardest of all. Because sometimes when they do that, it's the most stressful time possible for them to do it. And here's the struggle in the text. We've got to remove it, they say. And we look at it and it seems so simple. But then there's uh, intervention on the part of the owner. Even though you want to please me, even though you want to feel safe, even though you want to dictate the outcome, doing the thing that you want to do is not the right thing even though you can't imagine that. You can't fathom that ripping out the weeds is the bad thing to do. Verse 30 says, Let both grow together until the harvest. And at a time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. So he says to them, weeds are going to exist. even though we didn't put them there, even though they threatened to harm what we've done, even though we might go out there and be able to do some good, weeds are going to exist. So if we translate that from the illustration of farming to the real aspects of life, and we talk about other people in our lives, sometimes there are people in our lives that feel like a weed it feels like we can do everything possible to try to prepare for whatever it may be and this person can come in in five minutes and dominate the entire scene. It feels like sometimes it's a situation, whether it be at home or work, where we put everything we have into it and one little detail is the thing that takes over the entire plan effortlessly. I know that it takes a great deal of work to grow a plant 
and it takes zero work for a weed to come and take over. In fact, I'll give you a positive version of that that's not necessarily a weed. And every time I say something like this, someone will come up to me and tell me who did it. Like someone who thought to cut a hole in the wall of the Family Life Center then put the band behind the wall. That was a great idea. Someone who thought to uh, put excellent covered walkways on the sidewalk so no matter where you went, it was whatever. Someone decided to put a rose in our backyard right by the porch, by the parsonage. And without any care whatsoever from me at least, that thing every once in a while will put a rose right there when you're walking out. Beautiful. And sometimes that's good and sometimes there's something that completely takes over and you think, if this thing just weren't here, then we could get this done. So it might be people. It might be situations. It might be our health. There's something in our body that takes zero effort to grow and threaten our very lives. And we think, God, can't you remove it? Please, God, remove this. Or remove it from the person that I love. But if I understand this correctly, Jesus is using an example with His followers that they would understand clearly about farming, saying... People, situations, and our health are all part of God's creation. And those weeds are part of God's creation. And there's a little bit of a troubling part of the story where he says, all we did was plant good seeds. Do you ever think that in your life? All I've done is say the right thing. All I've done is do the right thing. All I've done is taking care of the right people. I've worked hard my entire life, and now this? So you're thinking... The only thing you've ever done is good seeds. Do you figure that's right? It might be mostly right. But no matter what we do, no matter how much good we try to do, no matter how much good we try to say, there's going to be people, there's going to be situations, and there's going to be health concerns that grow up effortlessly and attempt to choke the life out of what we're trying to do. I'll give you what I think is the perfect quote for this text and them saying, hey, can we just go out and rip them all up and be done? This is uh, Warren Carter. He's a professor of New Testament at Bright Divinity School in Fort Worth, Texas. He said, While some readily divide the world neatly into the righteous and into evildoers, both the Gospels and our experience tell us that such categories are fluid, coexistent, and difficult to discern at best. Most of us, including churchgoers, comprise both plant types and are not purely one or the other. So if we were to allow, or if the owner were to allow, a select group of people to say, here's the number of weeds in our community, let's go rip them out. What day might they come upon you? Might they come upon you on a day in which you are a beautiful, uh, is it plant? Beautiful wheat plant? Or might they come upon you when you are being a weed for the day? Or you're being a weed for two or three days? Or you've pretty much been a weed for 2017. There's something really important that he says that I think is the takeaway for today. He says, let both grow. The owner says, let both wheat and weed grow. And you might think, that's insane. But if we're considering this quote, if we're considering that both are within us, if we're considering that we have the potential to be either one in the next 45 minutes as we deal with other people, we might be inclined to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. let it grow. Give me a chance. Give me an opportunity. Therefore, you're not fixed as a weed based on your personality, based on your nationality, based on your religion. Nor are you wheat based on any of those things. So I encourage us to go away from the simple, here's a good one, here's a bad one, and I can identify them in the next five minutes. And I want them removed to instead be in awe of the creation that God has given us, 
It's easy to be in awe when we're at the top of Table Rock. It's easy to be in awe when we're at Edisto Beach. It's easy to be in awe when we're out on the lake and a grandchild is jumping in the, off the boat 500 times and you think, my goodness, God's creation. I want you to work to be in awe of God's creation that also allows people, situations, and health concerns that threaten us. Not figure that it's simple and not attempt to remove it with everything that you have figuring that will be the fix for this earth. The owner said be patient. The owner intervened. The owner said let them grow. I encourage you throughout this week to think that you're neither fixed in either one and to grow in the aspect of God's creation in which you can be wheat, that you can be an amazing thing to offer to our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able to sing our final hymn, number 369. Thank you.